are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Good, good, good. It's been a oh. while. I know. I <laughs> hear your voice. You sound exactly the same. Oh, really? <laughs> well, that's that's a good sign, then. <laughs> I don't know. How's Oklahoma? Are you still in Oklahoma, right? So there. So it's good. You guys should please just drive through. Go visit me with the kids. Uh, how many hours is that? It's just six and a half. If you can make it in miniature time, which I know you can. <laughs> six and a half. Oh my goodness. That has like road trips. You. No, no, no. But you know, I have yeah. a birthday coming up, and I was, you know, I'm yeah. thinking. And well, if you ever want to come party with Mo, you know, you're always welcome here. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, everyone. I am Mo Sibyl, and this is the More Sibyl Podcast. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for wanting to do this. I mean, I really love how you just jumped on board, you know, without hesitation. Oh. Oh, thank, thank you. Honor. You know, it's, oh, really? No, it's, no. I've never done it before. Really? Can you hear me? It's your first time? Oh, okay. Just imagine me holding your hand through it all. It's going to be... Um, okay, this is my goal for this. This is my goal for this. And mm-hmm. I want you to just... Like, you're talking to me. This is just me. Just imagine Mo from Austin just talking to me. Like, kind of like we've done before many times, you know? Yeah. And I want to do justice to your story. I want you to I want you to be representative of who you are and also appreciative of your journey as well. So that is my duty as your host tonight, to make you feel as comfortable as possible. Good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Right. So I'm going to okay. get started. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to start again. Okay. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. It's, see, this is what I want. I want you to feel natural. Welcome back to the More Civil Podcast, a podcast about culture, cultural nomads designed for blacks and Asians, and those who love them. I am your host, Mosibo, Nigerian-born, US-educated, Korean-speaking, struggling intellectual. Today, I have a... I think I should come up with a more innovative way of introducing my friends. Today on the podcast... I have a person that is very dear to my heart. I met her probably about uh, one and a half years ago, maybe roughly two years ago in Austin. Yeah. It was through Facebook, actually. And we both found out that we lived in Austin. And I remember how we we kind of, it was very spontaneous. Like, hey, do you want to stop by my house and have lunch together? She's like, yeah, I'm actually free now at work. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, drive down over. And, you know, we, <laughs> she came upstairs and I remember, I forgot what I, what, what we had for lunch, but fish, I remember fish. just talking to this, it was fish, yeah. It was, it was yeah. catfish, I think. Or was it shark? I, I couldn't remember. But, <laughs> it was catfish, yeah. She was catfish, she, was, she wasn't catfish, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> she had fish and we kind of just talked and to me it was a very powerful moment because I thought to myself, we went from just chatting on Facebook for a very short period of time to like, saying, hey, come to my apartment. And you just, inv- not like invading, but you just entering that personal space. I think we crossed that threshold of just strangers to like friends. Almost like we were friends for a long time and we just didn't know it. And I just love how we just naturally flowed. In fact, so much so, apparently my friends had this fantastic idea to surprise me for my 30th birthday. And they roped her in and she knew about that information and she didn't let me know. But anyways, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm uh, really, really excited to have her on the podcast because in addition to just having a beautiful story which we're going to get to in a moment she has a beautiful soul and she is Ada she goes by a couple of names but I call her Ada she's a Nigerian born American she moved here over a decade ago and enlisted in the US Army in 2004 that was about 14 years ago where she served a tour in Balad, Iraq and later was stationed in Germany Thank you for your services, by the way. She has a master's in business, and she's currently working as a database administrator. She was married for a few years and later divorced. She's a proud parent to two beautiful children, and they all live in Austin, Texas. And emphasis on those two beautiful kids, her son and her daughter, her daughter especially. We kind of just bonded, and she almost didn't want to go back home after she met me. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like the phone on well. Anyways, Ada... Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and it's so nice to have you here. 
you know, thank you. It's such an honor, like an amazing, amazing honor. Thank you. Thank you. So tell me, what was it like growing up in Nigeria, and what year did you move to the U.S.? So I was born in Lagos, uh, Nigeria, and uh, I grew up. So I did my primary school, my secondary school, and I actually went to university, uh, University of Nigeria in Supa, and uh, studied foreign languages and literature. Please don't ask me any languages. <laughs> did you French? I think you told me it was French and Spanish, right? Yeah, I did some French, then a little German. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, and uh, I moved here in, like my final year in, in the university because I have to yeah. go back next year and finish up and then come back. So it's about twenty twenty one when I got here. Uh, my dad was like pretty much like, okay, you're on your own, all of us. He's like, I'm not paying for college, so you just figure it out. And I decided to join the Army, and I said, you know, I'm going to serve them in exchange, hopefully get my master's degree uh, done as well. Yeah. So that's how that went. I joined the Army, and I went back to Nigeria, finished up, and then came back. So I was on something called a delayed entry, where you can and then you can always come back, continue, and all that stuff. So that's what I did. Went back to Nigeria, finished my last few courses, came back, joined the Army. It was uh, a really amazing journey, you know, right off, um, shipped up to basic training, yeah, South Carolina, and, uh, wow. yeah, and then to Germany, Germany was my first duty station, uh, yeah, I was there for like a few months, actually, I think we got there like November, and by December, it was time to deploy, so just imagine, okay. yeah, just imagine, Whoa. Yeah, you just came from Nigeria, right? You don't even oh, know about uh, the United States, and here you are, like, in Germany, and you're like, okay, what's going on? And next thing, you're talking about a deployment to Iraq. So it was kind well, of I, like, bet, I bet you I didn't want to unpack your boxes by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, uh, it was fun, right? Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't very scared. At the time, I kind of figured that this is what I signed up for. And I was young, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I didn't really have a care in the world. And I hadn't really made any friends here. I hadn't really mm-hmm. gotten used to the system. I hadn't mm-hmm. really heard. I, I think I was maybe about a month or two. So I, I didn't really have a lot of things to miss. Yeah. After Iraq came back, while I was there, I met my ex-husband. You know, we were friends for like almost two years. No friends, yeah, and then we decided, okay, let's get married. But I'm not talking too much. Is it like a pause? No, 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 no. no go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I love how you're just easing into it. You're actually making my job really easy. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you. You, you actually, you actually born to do this podcast. I mean, I should have you as my co-host. <laughs> carry on, carry on. So we met and we, uh, we kind of dated, right? Or we thought yes. we were dating. Right, came back to the States, uh, we got married, and we kind of started having issues in the beginning, right? And uh, you have to kind of look at it from this angle, right? I'm kind of new to the country, right? Didn't even really have a chance to be American, you know? So I really did not understand a lot of the American culture at the time. We're talking about four years, right? From, so you you move in, like, straight from Nigeria, uh, Nigeria yeah. to me. Iraq and then back to the United States, right? I spent a bulk of time um, out of the United States, right? So here, yeah. come, so now I come back and I'm dealing with this person who is uh, American, right? I had a really hard time understanding one well, the culture difference, you know. Mm-hmm. You guys are so different, like as far as the cultural background as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. And I think that played a really big role, right? Because we were not even prepared for all the cultural shock that was um, uh, so Reagan, he's, he's from Spain, right? So he's American. His granddad is from Spain, and oh, uh, yeah, so he's in, uh, he's uh, pretty much American. American, okay. Yeah, so he has two families. Uh, one, uh, his maternal is from Italy, and his paternal is from Spain. Okay. But and we've been here like decades and stuff. So yeah. So we we just kind of had a rough start and just there was a lot to kind of learn and yes. learn from, which was not easy. It wasn't a very easy journey. 
compiled with the fact that we were in the military, right? Yeah, and I was about saying that. I can't even imagine how it was like dating in the military and then not getting married, and then on top of that, you're not even knowing so much about the culture you were married into, and yeah. then the environment you you found yourself now that you're back on U.S. you know soil. Yeah, it was a lot, and now looking back, I can yeah, it you know it was a lot. But at the yeah. time, I wasn't processing everything that was going on in that way. It was more like, this person is my enemy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> like, And he was feeling the same way with me, right? And we had oh. issues like PTSD. Like, he, he, he had been deployed several times, um, yeah. maybe two or three times prior to me even deploying. So you're coming back to the States with a lot of baggage, right? Emotional, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. psychological baggage, like mm-hmm. the Depression. There's all mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Because when I first came back, things like sound would drive me crazy, like ambulance, for example. So, see, you know, little little things that people would take for granted. But because you've been in a an enclosed type situation where an artificial environment that doesn't mimic like the real world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And those little triggers, right? would kind of remind you that this could be your, literally your last moment on earth, right? So it comes a lot of fear. Like, I, I, before, when I first came, I started driving and hearing an ambulance, and I would just get into panic. Like, oh, my goodness. So that sound was like, okay, there's mortars coming in, take cover, you know, stuff like that. So we would deal with all of that and dealing with a young marriage or dealing with, uh, cultural issues and then temperament and I was doing my master's at uh, at the same time it was just mm-hmm. much right and, and then the babies came right yeah and then the you know the kiddos that are coming I had to deal with postpartum depression it was a lot mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. but I also had a lot of help too I had very friends church I had you know I was going to therapy and all that stuff so yeah, that, that was going to be I, my next question how have you been taking care of yourself? I mean, so for now, I still do therapy. Um, I still, yeah, I still, at least once a month, go and you know, talk with someone. Um, I still have the triggers that I had uh, 10 years ago from being deployed as much, mm-hmm. right? Very uh, good to hear that. Very good to hear that. So, um, but I still talk to someone. Sometimes it's just good to kind of catch up, like, stress at work. Sometimes I anxiety at work or the kids and all those little other life events. That's pretty much how I take care of myself. You know, I do that a lot on G. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I love so many things about you, but one of the things I really, really admire about you is just your openness towards struggling, especially with, for example, like your divorce, for example, and you've talked to me at length about that. So what would you say, especially given the, the differences between you guys, would you say it was twice as hard? I mean, not that you have any other comparison to, you know, make this with. But would you say just those differences between you guys and how you really didn't have time to work on that and then the divorce happened, would you say that made it even more difficult because it was a multicultural marriage for you? Yeah, yeah. I think that played a very big role, right? And the fact that I came from a family, right, where my parents had gotten divorced, uh, his parents had gotten divorced, right? And we were deployed in Iraq. So, the same, I think the history that we, we were coming from, right, played a really big role. But the cultural differences, I think, is what made it difficult for us to understand each other, right? Because, yeah, because you can have adversity, right? But if you have some kind of, yes, right, it's easy, but it's like you're speaking a different language and this person is speaking an entirely different language. I'll give you an example. So in our culture, right, when it's, say, Mother's Day, Right, you buy the mom stuff, you send her money, right? Yeah. Especially money. <laughs> uh, yeah. It doesn't work like that where he's coming from, right? You can get her mm. flowers, and that's it. For us, we would go like far and beyond their understanding. It's like, why are you giving your mom all this money, right? His culture, they don't understand it that way. It's like, mm. you know, why isn't she working? Why is she taking care of her own bills? Why do we have to chip in? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> so, Just the differences and managing expectations. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's because yeah. that's how, you know, that culture operates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like us, we're very respectful of our parents, right? In fact, some of us are yeah. scared of our parents. 
Dashley yeah. Sierra. <laughs> Not me though. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if your dad was if your dad is talking right you're yeah. like standing and you're like you're not combative you know you sometimes you don't even do like the you know you don't even have um like an eye to eye kind of um even on the phone there's just this there's this pull yeah. they have towards you like they even texting you or getting messages it's mm-hmm. supposed to feel Jesus in you like <laughs> You can hear their voices through those text messages or WhatsApp messages, whatever. Like yeah. they just have this pull over you. Like Nigerian parents, you got to give it to them. Yeah, exactly. So you know, things like that, or for us, we have to cook a lot, right? And yeah. for him, it comes from a culture where you can eat out, like maybe several nights a week, right? So mm-hmm. things like that seem very innocent, right? But it's mm-hmm. just cause issues because it's like I'm not understanding why you have to do this this way. Right? Mm-hmm. If you were Nigerian, you're supposed to do it this way. This is how we do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that in itself was its own problem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank, thanks for sharing that. So, but how has it been like for you being a single mom and, and raising your two wonderful kids? So it's been hard, right? Um, I'm not even going to tell you that. Oh, it's, it's, it's easy. No. It, it's hard. And but it's doable, right? That a lot of the things you go through as a single parent, right? You have mm-hmm. to battle. And when I say that, right, I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. All right. Before, when I had like help, I I wanted my kitchen looking a, a certain way. Like I mm-hmm. don't even want to see one dirty cup in that sink, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah but these <laughs> but these days, I learned to choose my battle as in okay, if they if they you know. If we have a few dirty dishes in there. That's fine, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would rather spend 10 minutes reading a storybook with the kids, right, mm-hmm. and go to bed exhausted, and I'm not going to spend the next 20, 30 minutes doing dishes, right? So that kind of, those little choosing your battles kind of things has helped me cope, right, and has helped me fight mm-hmm. the limit pretty much, and I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm not even trying to impress the kids. I've mm-hmm. come to a place in my life where I've decided that I have to stay alive and I have to be mentally stable for me to them, right? So any time I feel like there are necessary stressors, um, they trigger me to become un- unmanageable, like, you know, my yeah. mental health or yeah. even my physical health, I withdraw and I say, okay, I'm not going to deal with this right now. I don't know how healthy or unhealthy it is because now I have more... <laughs> Uh, more of a messier house (laughs) yeah and it doesn't bother me as it used to bother me when I didn't have kids now I'm like you know what it's messy we back maybe once a week or whatever right so let's have it you know livable we're good so yeah because your kids you're spending more time with your kids right you're you're focusing on what really matters because before you know it the kids are going to be out of the house and mm. you, you're going to have that clean house to yourself, but then all the quality times you could have spent with your kids, you probably were spending that, you know, vacuuming and scrubbing. Not that I, I mean, mm. I know your house would be like, you know, like a peak style, things like that, but I do get what you mean. Like, you wanted everything meticulous, but yeah. now your focus has changed. You want to spend more time with your kids and talk to them in at night, pray with them, read them a storybook and things like that. Yep. Yeah. I think a lot of people can, can connect with that. Yeah. 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 And I've seen you with your kids. Because when I came to visit, remember the couple of times? Mm-hmm. I love how you have, like, words of affirmation everywhere. And, yeah. you know, just how to. Oh, you remember? <laughs> of course I do. Of course I do. And, you know, how you pray with them and how you have them, you know, say words, positive words. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel like even though you didn't mention that as a way to take care of yourself, that's also a way of positive of affirmation and mm-hmm. helping build that positivity around your kids. So. I really think you're doing a good job, giving giving oh. the best you can. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And, and you I, just moved to a new city. Go, sorry, go ahead. I'm actually starting to write a book, right? And uh-huh. uh, for kids, and it's kind of going to be on uh, affirmation. So I'm thinking yeah. of 30 days, mm-hmm. uh, um, just affirmation for parents. Maybe they just don't even know what to tell the kids, but it's a lot of I am statements. And I just kind of started working on that about a couple of weeks ago, and I'm just really curious to see how far it goes. But that's well, in, the in the pipeline. Hmm? Yeah. Well, let me know how I can help, and 
if I do get people that want to connect with you on that, I'll send them your way if that's okay. Awesome, awesome, thanks. Thanks. Now, you mentioned this earlier on about social support. And permit me to just bring this up again, because I remember the last time we, when I came to visit you, we spent like almost like all night talking. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things you had told me that kind of stayed with me, and I, to me, it just made me say, you know what, I'm going to have to keep checking on, up on this person. Was mm-hmm. how, how you felt like after your divorce and, you know, just the messiness of it, you lost a lot of friends. Like people just didn't want to connect with you anymore. Mm-hmm. And I felt even more lonely. Um, do you want to speak a little bit about that, especially for those that might be going through something similar? Like, what kind of tips would you give somebody going through that? You know, because when you go through a divorce, as I've heard, people tend to pick sides. Like, oh, well, we're gonna stick to the husband or to the to the ex-wife or the ex-husband. What was that like for you? And then, how were you able to overcome that? So for me, right, we come from a culture. We Nigerians, a lot of us, are very judgmental, right? Our judgment comes from a place of religion right and fall humility right so it's like okay the bible says this and that you know god hates divorce so if you're divorced <laughs> like you're going to hell right and even if you go to hell you're going to something similar to hell right and i don't want to be with you so that's kind of the stigma that, that i got right and then it's like oh you're a single woman now like you're a single parent but like, why would you want to be a single parent? And it, it really made me feel like I struggled a lot in the beginning of, you know, of it all. Because I felt like, okay, I'm the victim here, you know, in some ways. I'm not 100% uh, innocent in all of this, right? But to some extent, I felt like I shouldn't be condemned and looked at as a second citizen. Um, you know, I heard a few pastors tell, you know, even during counseling, you have to stay, you know, if you get divorced, acceptable, blah, 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 blah. I lost quite a few people that I thought that I could trust, right? Mm-hmm. I realized that that feeling of, okay, you're not good enough to associate with us. You know, you can't talk to me. You're married. You can't talk to my husband because who knows? You might end up snatch, you know, snatching my husband. It's just that mentality among our people that is sometimes just very unrealistic. And then, you know, moving to Austin was kind of a new start. And I'm really yeah. thankful for moving to Austin. Um, my divorce yeah. got finalized, I think, a year ago or two years ago, something like that. It's, it's just been one step at a time. You know, like I said earlier, I've come to a place where I've learned to choose my battles, right? And yeah. I was telling you, well, it's good to have friends. It's good to be in a community. But... At my own pace, right? I'm not rushing to anything. Um, I want to, you know, so w- what I'm doing is making time, but not out of, how do I put it, not at the detriment of other things. So then I'm working, sometimes I have meetings till like 9, 10 p.m., um, I have a kid. So my social life is not where I want it to be, and I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. I'm kind of okay with that. Um, if I can spend my and spend the weekends with the kids or invite some other kids over like we did um, this weekend. I was actually babysitting like two other families. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, I was just in a corner just sitting and uh, reading or something because they're all older kids, right? They're all around six, between six and nine. So I wasn't really doing much. So that's kind of the way I like it these days. I'm never not running around or running after any kids. But for me, I'm not pushing myself too much out of my comfort zone because I still want to keep my energy level, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. For, for other things. And so my advice is if someone's going through a divorce, take your time. Like, seriously, take your time. Um, don't rush, you know, don't, don't rush into even any kind of relationships, right? Um, yeah. Because if something was happened, maybe you got heartbroken or somebody left you, it would mm-hmm. compound that, you know, loneliness and, and anxiety and depression that you, you probably had, you know, that you were carrying over from the divorce. Because divorce is very painful, right? It, it, uh, it comes with a lot of negative, like, baggage. So for me, it's more like, take your time, yeah. Be vulnerable, right? But be vulnerable to the point of where... If you say, okay, say for example, you said something um, really important to someone that you're vulnerable about, be vulnerable to the point where if you say you heard or that trust was broken, right, it would not destroy you again. You would not find yourself back to maybe, you know, being upset. Yeah. So know what you want to share and take your time, right, to open up. 
don't be in a rush to open up. Make friends, yes, but also understand that you're going to be in a place where you need to draw from others and they may not be ready or they may not be willing to give you what you need. You find yourself in social settings where you're not comfortable, it's okay. It's completely okay to be somewhere and maybe get reminded of something from your past and then maybe you know you're crying maybe you're upset it's completely fine you know cry if you want to cry you know scream if you want to do whatever just know that you're growing no matter how little it's been you're growing thank you very much for sharing that and i really really just appreciate that even despite what you've gone through there's still that part of you that still wants to make sure that okay i struggle with this but i wouldn't want somebody else to go through what i went through if i could let them know this is how you can at least make the journey easier on you yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Now we're going to move on to the Mardi Gras section of the podcast, and then we'll come back with final thoughts. Okay. Welcome to the Mardi Gras section of the podcast. To anyone listening for the first time, the Mardi Gras section is drawn out of inspiration from a pack of paper napkins that I got from Walmart. Ada has chosen this question. Last night's dream came true. What happened before and after? <sighs> so, I was in Paris, right? Yes. And then from Paris, I went to Geneva. So, these are like my two favorite places ever. Why? both places before. I love the food. I love the culture. There's mm-hmm. something about, like, the little hotels they have. Like, you know, when I went there, I was, you know, young and just, uh... <laughs> uh Impressionable? <so>. <laughs> <laughs> romantic? <laughs> More romantic? Carefree, right? I think that's yeah. the word. It's carefree, right? Carefree. Mm-hmm. Yes. I had no trouble in the world, literally. Like, I will mm. just jump on these ice trains and just go to Europe, right, with just a backpack. And mm-hmm. I think, for me, that would be a dream come true, right, to find myself in those kind of settings again. No care in the world. We stayed in little hostels, you know, didn't care about safety. Oh, I love that. Oh, the carefreeness. Where you just, you feel like the world is like your backyard. But there's so much danger around you, but you're just dead to it. I, I, I did that once with a friend on a trip, yeah. Just yeah. got on the bus and went to Ghana, actually, from Nigeria without what? planning anything. Yeah. I lied to my mom. Sorry, mom. Now you hear about it for the first time. I lied to her that I had a hotel reservation and we knew we were going to stay with now We did everything on the bus. <laughs> to the very last moment. Well, yeah, but sorry, go ahead, I digress. No, that's, and then, um, I love Geneva, right? If not for anything, the, <laughs> they have the best chocolate. I was about saying that, the chocolate. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I would definitely want to go back. One, uh, Paris has like, you know, one of the best, um, red wines, right? So I, yeah, I like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, In that that's... case, don't, don't, don't wake up then. Keep dreaming about it. Oh, I I I do have a quick follow up question. So for chocolate, mm-hmm. dark or white? Dark. <laughs> dark. Love you, baby. Yeah, dark. Nothing on it. The darker the better. <laughs> the darker dark, dark, the better. Dark. I love red wine too. Oh yeah. Anyway, so that was the um, the Mardi Gras section. Thanks for participating in that. So you've talked to us about being in the army and how that really afforded the opportunity to pursue an advanced degree. And you met your husband, even though that didn't really turn out as well. You do have two beautiful kids from that, you know, which you know, they're really, really so cute and adorable. Um, if you could do it again, would you do it again? Why or why not? I would do certain parts, right? And, you know, because, of course, in hindsight, right, they're, they're, they're always, you yeah. know. Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> join the military, yes, um, I will. You know, yeah, get my master's degree, yes. Um, get married, probably no, because I was, like, mm. 24 when I got married, right? Um, yeah. yeah, I think I was too young, in, you know, mm. mindset, not age, you know necessarily but mindset you know so I would not do that part you know maybe I would maybe I wouldn't have kids now maybe I would have different looking kids I don't know yeah. part but uh no I, I would not get married again um 
I felt like it was rushed. I felt like uh, we did things. But what we thought at the time was for the right reasons, but it was not. So mm-hmm. that's something I probably would not want to do again. Okay. And that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So you're Igbo, right? Yes, I am. I am Igbo. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you speak the language as well? Yes, 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 I do. Do you want to say something Igbo to our listeners that might speak that language? I don't, I yeah. know a little bit of it, but, you know, just say yeah. anything nice. So, yeah, I, I can, you know, start with a greeting. I can say, they will know. 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 I have to really, you know, show that. I didn't tell you about that. I knew that was like surprise. The more mana nande opudai, I will be poor mother. I I keep saying and and. I name potezi boy fenwa. I also see fair juenekin echinekin makachinekezi ma omega ima nana. That's it. I heard just a little bit. But anyways, which brings me back to my last question. So are you teaching your kids Igbo or are they learning another language or is it just English for now? So it's just English for now. Um, yeah. I've tried. My mom has tried. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just not interested. You know, and they, they have some Spanish in them. And uh, they're not interested in anything. I don't know why. <laughs> so they're not, they're not really learning any other languages except for English. So. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and did you have any final thoughts before we? Oh wait, before I go on. Now for your kids, what would you say is your hope for their future? So, my biggest hope, you know, is that they're self-sufficient, right? They're able to take care of themselves. I, I think for me that's the biggest thing. So for me, my biggest hope is that my children are self-sufficient in uh, a way that pleases God. They're, you know, we're very uh, Christ-conscious, right? Not religion. I don't, we don't, we don't do religion. We talk about God. That's something that sometimes I ask them, you know, ask God how God is feeling, right? Because sometimes we don't, we, we, we talk about God, but we don't really care about what, how God feels or what he's thinking or what he's doing, right? So I try to show that God awareness in them. And I'm just hoping that as they grow up, that uh, they're able to always, you know, take care of themselves in a way that they can see God, you know, inside of us. And that they, you know, whatever path they choose, whatever career they choose, uh, that's fine. Yeah, it's that's completely fine. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so um, that was the end of the podcast, and it was really, really nice having you on board. Thanks for you know talking about you know your life growing up in Nigeria, moving here, life as a single parent, raising kids, being female in the military, and also divorce in a cultural context. What was the hardest thing? to adjust to and the future you imagine for your kids. I'll wrap this up by just saying, I love how despite all you've gone through, you still have that compassion. Like when you told me you were in the army, I looked at you like, like you used to be in the army. I was like, she doesn't look yet. Not, <laughs> not as if I know what somebody in the army should look like. But okay. there's just this, uh, and I know I'm saying it the wrong way, but this is just between you and me. Like this is how I perceived you. There's just gentleness that I perceived in you. And I think, because I saw you way after the storm, I didn't see you when you were going through all of that. But, you know, to me, I, I just love how you, number one, I said it before, how open you are and just how much compassion you have for people despite everything you've gone through. And to me, just seeing you through those lenses really makes me think that you're a very good person and a good friend as well. And, and I absolutely wish you the very best. And and Thanks. I know you're going to get the very best. Whatever that is for you and whatever you do decide is best for you. Thank you. Thank you. You are my motivation too. Don't forget that. You're wild. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like that wildness. <laughs> I try, I so try to carefree. Oh my goodness. You made me think about when I was a teenager, like, oh my God, I just want to be just like Mo again. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have, I have friends like you that just keep encouraging me. Because I wouldn't have me any other way. I've tried it before. I've tried it with and without and I think I like this new me better. Just being carefree and free spirited and um I'm trying to connect the world as, as best as I can through telling stories and letting people know it's okay to struggle. It's okay mm-hmm. not to have all your ducks in a row. It's okay not to feel for example in your case it's okay to have a messy house. But guess what? I'm spending quality time with my kids and mm-hmm. if you're coming to my house when my house is messy and you see it that way, don't you dare judge me. You know, <laughs> the return on investment is on my kids. Yeah. So, and, and, and I wouldn't be able to tell all these stories without you guys coming on board because my life is, I mean, I don't have all these elements. So I rely on, you know, having friends like you and also my other guests to help enrich the lives of my listeners. So thank you very much for helping me and filling those components that I don't have, but I would, like, I would love to share. So I really, really appreciate you coming on board. Thanks, thanks, thanks for giving us the opportunity to even talk about this thing. That, you know, a voice, no matter how little it it is, it's always fun to just talk by yourself, I guess. But, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, everyone listening, that was the show. Don't forget to catch a new episode of the Morsible Podcast next time. I remain your host, Morsible, and have a wonderful week ahead.
That's true. Change of I, I, I think so with the kids, right? And I tell yeah. them, I say, mom's not perfect, right? And I mm. say, even mom makes mistakes. And sometimes even when we're praying, I tell them to pray for me, right? I mm. don't want them to grow up the way we grew up, where you're so afraid mm. of your parents and you thought your parents were perfect. And yeah. then as you're older, you realize that they're not perfect. And it, for me, it came with some kind of animosity, like, these people are not even perfect. I you know, you my, my, my came, my came last year. Girl, I'm 31. <laughs> and it came with, it came with an anger. Like, like, it does just that holy anger. Like, yeah. how dare you guys? Like, and then, I'm like, who am I supposed to tell this? That I, all of a sudden it dawned on me that my parents were not perfect. Because mm-hmm. you couldn't, you couldn't question things. Mm-hmm. For me, I think one of the things I feel like I didn't, I mean, I had a lot of things I didn't have growing up as far as not just physical, not just material things, was that we couldn't talk about feelings. We couldn't talk about, okay, I didn't like the way you shouted at me, dad or mom, or mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I felt like I was unjustly punished. You had no right to complain, you know. Yeah. You, yeah. And then think about the hold your parents have on you, even now they are still outside the house. You're like, you know what? Who are you people? Like, no, it's not going to happen anymore. Yeah, like I tell my kids I'm not perfect. I, I even ask them to pray for me, right? I have an open mm-hmm. policy to the best of my my abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Even like, so then I was upset that I had, you know, yelled at him and I said, you know, you guys go to your room. He felt it was unjust, right? And mm-hmm. he comes to me and says, well, I want to talk to you. I said, sure. And he's laying his complaints and he says, well, I shouldn't have gone to my room because it was Elizabeth's fault, blah, 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 blah. And I was looking at him and I was thinking, I said, when I was your age, I would never. <laughs> I don't want to leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> just pack your, I said, just pack it, put your leg outside the door and carry your bag. I'd be like, all right, see you guys. Take my name from the family register. We're done. <laughs> but I might just say this. <laughs> I might interrupt you a little bit. <laughs> Rest in peace. Oh, <laughs> you know? I know, like they would, oh my goodness. Uh, they could have like flogging. They will flog. They will flog. That they will flog that devil out of you. That culture of openness and letting them see how you struggle. I feel like in and I can't speak for all Nigerians. Let me just talk about you know um, the families around me and that could include my family as well. Like when you and your parents struggle, it's not a time where they want to. You want to. They want you to learn from it. It's almost mm-hmm. as if look away. Mommy and daddy are struggling right now. Look away. We can't show you the side of us. We always have to be perfect. Says who? And I missed out a lot of that because you you didn't learn how to struggle with your parents. You know, struggle became like a shame. Like like you know. Um, yeah, they're they're ashamed of their struggles, right? And yeah. and they're ashamed of all the mistakes they made. And they were even, I think, at a point it became like inferiority complex because now they felt inferior to all the the high and mighty, you know, pictures they gave us, right? And then mm-hmm. because they fell short of it, right? They didn't yeah. know how to now face us. It's a very mm-hmm. weird kind of dynamic, right? It is. With the kids, it I'm is. like, you know what? Pray for mom. Like, I'm like, you know, something. mom needs wisdom to raise you. You need to mm-hmm. get on your knees and ask God to give mom that wisdom to raise you in the way you need to be raised, right? And people are like, are you crazy? You you're making the kids look at you like you're below them. I'm like, no, I'm making them only yeah. human, right? Yeah. And yeah. that any time in their life when they feel less than, right, it's, they can run to God. Don't run to me. Get on your knees and tell God, look, right now I'm feeling very inferior. I'm feeling very ashamed. I'm feeling like I'm not good enough, right? But if I'm not here tomorrow, they need mm. to know where their support is. Like my son always says, oh, I make mistakes, but God always forgives me. Right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, has that, he has that intuition to say that. <laughs> yeah. And mm. as a first child, you embody a lot of stuff. Exactly. You, know, you exactly. embody a lot of stuff. Almost like you to the point of feeling guilty. And they blame so, you, right? So I'm I think fine. you're doing a fantastic job with your kids. You have no idea. I'll just... I'm really hopeful for this next generation. And it's being open about your struggles and saying, okay, this is where it hurts. I haven't figured it out, but this is what this is where I'm correcting this stuff. I need help. Yeah. Yeah. I need help. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I, I do that with them. I, I try to make them see that, you know, they're human. They're going to make mistakes. I, I try to talk to my kids about it. I say, you know what, they're going to be days where you feel like 
you know, you can't trust mom, can't talk to mom, that mom, you know, whatever, you're afraid, whatever it is, right? Just know that you can talk to God. No matter how, exactly, no matter how bad it gets, you know, even if you feel like you can talk to your mom, your brother, your sister, your grandmother, whoever, right? If you ever get to that point, just know that God will always accept your arms wide open. Like, if you trust him, you're going to be okay. Right? And I think that yeah. would help me. Yeah. That's good. That's good that you don't let them see mom as the almighty. Like, you yeah. know, if mom is unhappy, then there's no God for you. But you're also sending them, knowing that, okay, even mom goes to God, how much more are you? You have direct access to God yourself. Exactly. Exactly. That's good. That's really good. That's really, really good. And kudos to you for holding the fort, you know, for keeping it together by yourself. I mean, you did have help, but, you know, when you when you don't have your husband anymore, right? this is like you and then if your mom was around or people that were just willing to help, but by, I mean, yeah. you were just by yourself, yeah, for the most yeah. part of it. Because mm-hmm. the, the whole Calvary, after the, after everything is said, I know they'll go back to their, their Everybody go back home, and then it's just back to you and the kids, and it's like, you know what, I don't know, can I still do this, can I not? You know I'm always here if you need someone to talk to, I might not understand half of what you're going through, but I'm always here to listen to you. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Thank you so much. This is amazing. Right. I, I really like thank this. Thank you. Oh. And thanks for doing it. You thanks for doing it. You know, <laughs> you did it, right? Now people yeah. can, you know, say something, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, thanks for, you know, thanks to you for taking that leap of faith and doing uh, something. You know what? I must confess that when I started this, I really didn't have an idea of what I was getting into. You know, I just wanted to tell stories. I wanted to bring people on board. Because I have friends that, you know, like you and, you know, the people I've interviewed, when I hear stories, I'm like, I mean, I'm sure somebody else is going through that. I mean, how can we help somebody else not go through the same thing they're going through? Or for something even positive, how can we let people know that, or something positive is happening and they can connect to But it didn't seem seem to be like a platform for that. I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? You have no idea just how overwhelmingly positive this has been. A lot of people just told me, thank you for, you know, sharing that. Thank you for doing that. And you know I write, right? This was just like mm-hmm. another way of even getting, like, you know, people that were my friends on Facebook or Instagram to kind of be able to listen and be like, you know what? I'm glad someone talked about this because I thought I was just by myself. So it really means a lot that you told me that because I want to hear this feedback. I want to keep representing, you know, our own interests because mm-hmm. it's not about me. I'm just a vehicle to, you know, help make sure that these stories are being told and people are connecting and they don't feel lonely in their journey anymore. So mm. it means a lot to get that feedback from someone like you who, you know, this is also, this is your platform as much as it's mine, but it's, it's for everybody. It's for every, This is our platform. You're doing good. You're doing good, bro. You keep it up, Thank you know, Thank proud you. of you. It's, it's amazing that you, you know, God Thank bless you, you for listening yeah. God and just moving forth. You know, it's going to go big and it's going to go to places and you'll look back and be like, oh, wow, you know. Really? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I, I was telling God, I don't think I'm ready. Go be like, you know what? It wasn't about, you know, like, okay. And you're ready. Because okay. I, by the time I'm like, you know, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for, I want to keep telling stories, but I am not ready for the fame. I think I need to be ready for that because for me, more exposure means more people feeling connected, especially Africans. Exactly. You know, surely those of us that are not just some of the things we go through that we can't even talk to somebody about because we think nobody's going to understand. But guess what? There's likely to be somebody. Yeah. You might not go through exactly what you're going through, but somebody that will be like, you know what? I've been going crazy because of that problem. Yeah. I didn't know that somebody else was like me. You know, I didn't know that, you know, this was also possible. I didn't know that that and that. So this is this is why this podcast is in there for so many more reasons. Amazing. Good job, bro. Thank you. Thank you. And hug your, hug your kids, you know, tight for me and give your, your daughter a big kiss. I really want to thank you guys for coming down here and for staying awake for this whole thing. Yeah. Thank you for not giving birth. <laughs> Don't let us get sick. Don't let us get old Don't let us 
It's stupid, alright. Just make us be brave and let us play nice. And let us be together tonight. The sky's on fire when I walked to the mill. Take off the slack in my line And I thought of my friends And the troubles they had To make me forget about mine The moon has a face And it shines on the lake And it causes the ripples in time Lucky to be here with people I like Who cause it my spirit to shine Don't let us get sick Don't let us get old Don't let us get stupid alright Just make us be brave and let us play nice and let us be together tonight and let us be together tonight and let us be together That was a show, and behind me now is a cover of an original song by Warren Zevon titled Don't Let Us Get Sick, and it was sung by Pat Wadagno. Just a reminder to be nice to each other and find ways to practice kindness, and not just yourself, but those around you, and find people that make your spirit shine. Catch you guys on another episode of the show. I remain your host, Mosebo.